And there he goes. Coast to coast. Can he make it? Yes, he can. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the show. This is Green Dot Daily, Action Network's daily sports betting show. I am your host, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for choosing us today. Thanks for finding us. We are live in the Action Network app every weekday at noon Eastern. You can also find us at Action Network HQ on Twitter and YouTube. But the app is pretty cool because you can watch the show and then log your picks and then go find picks that you might want to look at from others, including our folks here at Action Network. So that's all fine and dandy. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet. Up to $1,000 terms and conditions apply. Here is what we have coming up on today's program. College football, a lot of bowl games this coming weekend. Two Friday, six on Saturday. So we'll put Colin Wilson and Brett McMurphy back to work. They are on the show Later on to discuss some games they like. That transfer portal is busy. Strongly encourage you to go to Action Network and look through Colin Wilson's article. It has all the breakdowns of transfers, NFL draft opt-outs. Really, really good stuff there, but very necessary when we look ahead to these games. They've got angles and they've got takes on this coming weekend's games. In the NBA, Joe Delera has a few spots circled. He will discuss, and also we hear from the Line Change podcast, NHL World with Michael Leboff and Nick Martin. They jump in with what is a busy slate in the NHL. But first, Thursday night football, Seattle Seahawks hosting the San Francisco 49ers. NFC West clash in week 15 to get us started. The line has moved to three. Over at BetMGM, Seattle plus three, Niners minus three, even money. Total sitting at 43 points. Kind of feels like a must win for the Seahawks, or they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in at the NFC playoff picture. We'll get to the actual game side of things, but we welcome in Nick Giffen, Sean Kerner, Predictive Analytics crew at Action Network. As we always do, standalone spots, we get these guys on to give out their favorite plays. They'll also stick with us for luck rankings for this coming weekend. Are some teams that have not been so lucky due this weekend? We have a strong enough sample size now at this point. I would like to thank some folks that haven't been lucky. They're due to have some luck go their way. But we start, as always, with Sean Kerner, who is wearing a Seahawks hat on today's show, with his player prop. Kerner, you kind of got on me for not burying the lead. (laughs) Give out, give out the pick because if I wait too long, the line moves. He kind of told yeah. me that before the show today. So go ahead. What's the angle? Seahawks, Niners. Who do you like tonight? Yeah, let's let's get after it. Uh, I'm going with Geno Smith under 34 and a half pass attempts tonight, and he's only cleared this in four of 13 games this season. However, he has cleared this in each of the past three games. I'm not too worried about that though when you consider the context. Uh, uh, why he was throwing a bit more the past couple weeks. In week 13, Kenneth Walker left the game early with an ankle injury, so they pretty much abandoned the run. Um, And last week, not only were they without Kenneth Walker, they were also missing his backup, DJ Dallas. You know, so they threw a lot more last week. However, Kenneth Walker returns tonight. He's off the injury report, so he should be 100% over his ankle injury. Um, So I expect them to be more balanced and efficient on offense tonight as a result. Both are ideal for this prop. Um, I also like the Seahawks to cover the three-point spread tonight. Um, So this correlates perfectly with that. And on the other side, you know, the 49ers are very good at limiting the overall number of plays for their opponent. 
Um, they've allowed the third fewest plays per game. And the reason for that is they're very good at engineering long drives at their slow pace and their efficient run heavy offense. So tonight against the Seahawks defense that really stinks against the run, they rank 26 in DVOA against the run. They're allowing 5.7 yards per carry the last four games. Um, that's that should allow the total number of plays the, Seah- the Seahawks can even run tonight. So that's another reason why I'm projecting this a bit lower, but I'm projecting this closer to 32 and a half pass attempts tonight. And every attempt is probably worth, you know, six to 7% in this range. Um, so it's critical to get this at 34 and a half. And I would probably still bet it at 33 and a half, but not, I wouldn't like it as much, obviously. Right. Of course. And that line moved late last night from three and a half. You go to that key number of three, and on the other side, Brock Purdy is questionable in this game. Oblique, ribs, he's banged up. Short week, first road start for Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. So that bodes well, I would imagine, uh, with this pick as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. And that that's one of the reasons why I do like uh, Seattle plus three and a half, plus three as well. Okay, excellent. Nick Giffen, you've got a player prop. Uh, maybe you have a side as well that you'd like to weigh in on. Yeah, uh, not necessarily a, a side or a total or anything, but I am okay. going to go with my player prop here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the square this week. I'm gonna take Christian McCaffrey over 37 and a half receiving yards at BetMGM. You can get that at minus 115. Um, another one you're probably gonna want to grab pretty fast because last night it was 35 and a half. Uh, now it's 37 and a half, and I've seen it at 40 and a half, as high as 40 and a half at some other books. So uh, you definitely want to make sure you grab this now. I I definitely like this. I actually was considering taking McCaffrey's over on his rushing and receiving yards, but I decided to just stick with receiving yards uh, just because I think there's a little more value here. But, you know, Seattle, they're 31st in defensive pass DVOA to running backs. And they also allow the fourth most yards per game passing to running backs. So, Definitely a spot McCaffrey can take advantage of in the matchup. And and speaking of the matchup, it's great schematically as well, because Seattle is a high rate of zone defense. And Christian McCaffrey has 2.2 yards per route run versus zone defenses this year versus only 1.4 yards per route run versus man defense. So um, great positionally, great schematically. So definitely like this. Also, you know, uh, last night, at least Sean was projecting around 40 in his projections with a slightly lower medium, but my in-game model, if we set that to time zero, or, or I should say full-time remaining left in the game, zero seconds played, uh, actually forecasts over on the total number of plays that Sean has projected and over on the pass percentage that Sean has projected, which is least for the pass percentage is rare for a favored team by my in-game model. Usually teams that are favored, you think they'll end up running even more than we think. Uh, well, in this case, it actually thinks San Francisco is going to pass even more than we think. So there's also some lean over potential on the number of passing attempts San Francisco will have as a whole. So in that case, and again, that correlates with Sean's plus three and a half or plus three on Seattle as well. All this correlates together. So if you're feeling frisky with the same game parlay, there's some interesting stuff here. Um, So, you know, I definitely like the over. I would probably play this up to around 38, 39 and a half, but uh, I don't think I'd touch it at the 40 and a half. But since there's a 37 and a half available out there, I'd go get it right now. So no Debo Samuel tonight as well. That's That's another key piece, of course, in this game. Purdy being questionable, but yes, no Debo. Per our own Evan Abrams at Action Network, when Debo Samuel gets at least one target, Niners are 16 games over 500. In this case, he won't get one because he will not be in the game. Five and eight straight up. And then everyone's, I think everyone's aware at this point, if you're not 
Kyle Shanahan without Jimmy Garoppolo is just a different coach. He is an under 500 coach against the spread without Garoppolo. Shanahan with the Niners, 17 and 22 against the number. As of now, Action Network has 64%. This is in the pro section of the Action app. 64% of the bets on the Niners tonight to cover the minus three, but 54% of the money coming in on Seattle. Is there, Nick, is there a situation, though, because you host Bet What Happens Live during these standalone spots, is there a spot, total or side, where you might go to the opposite, so take an under, potentially, or would you side with the Niners to cover a shorter number, say, game script, edge edge Seattle in the first half? Um. Well, I think as far as totals, there there could be some under potential in the second half if this game gets hot early. Both these teams do slow down a little bit in the second half, um, especially uh, if San Francisco leads. But even if Seattle takes a lead, uh, these teams play just slightly, on average, slower than neutral. Uh, same thing with a close game. So really, we're just mostly looking at second half unders, and we really like it if these teams kind of had a, a bit of a first half shootout to kind of inflate that number, make things look like they're going to be more efficient than they are. And then we'll regress back to where these teams should have been. Kerner, I know you briefly talked about mm-hmm. taking Seattle and Nick kind of piggybacked off that, but just reiterate again, why you're on the Seahawks, even if it's three, you're okay with that. Uh, well, I definitely want the, the three and a half. I'll get to that at the end, but I, I do like Seattle tonight. Um, you know, Geno Smith is coming off one of his worst games. Um, of the season, he threw two costly interceptions last week. You know, they lost to the Panthers at home. Um, however, you know, I kind of pointed that out going into the game that he could struggle without Kenneth Walker because heading into last week, he actually led the league in QB rating on play action pass attempts. Um, and they only ran four play action plays last week. Typically, he averages around nine. So the four attempts last week were a season low. So having Kenneth Walker back will not only make the rushing attack more efficient, but will help set up play action, which is where Geno Smith thrives. Um, so that's that's why I like his under 34 and a half pass steps. Again, we're not really rooting for him to stink. Uh, he's just going to be more efficient tonight. That's why I like that prop. And on the other side, you know, the 49ers, uh, Debo Samuel is one of the most dynamic playmakers on offense. His absence is huge. I consider him worth, you know, one, maybe one and a half points against the spread. He is that valuable. Um, so with the short week and Brock Purdy questionable with an oblique injury, um, they should have a very run-heavy attack. And even though Purdy has looked phenomenal, actually, in his limited action, like you alluded to, this is his first NFL road start, and this is one of the toughest places to play in Seattle. So I think the crowd's going to be uh, rocking tonight on prime time. So it's going to be a very tough spot for him. Um, so I, I think Seattle is a live dog tonight. Um, and I, I do like them plus three, but the most likely outcome is probably you know 49ers winning by three points. So I don't mind eating a little bit of juice and taking the plus three and a half at minus 125 tonight. All right. Very good. I mean, you say all that, though, and it's like Brock Purdy, if this goes to your game script, if Geno's not passing all that much. Now, Giffen, I know, is on on McCaffrey's side of things when it comes to his prop, but you get the feeling based on your, your analysis, and correct me if I'm wrong, Seattle might play with the lead. So what is Purdy like when he doesn't have a lead and has to come from behind? That would be my concern, though, in this spot. Yeah, well, that would probably um, lead to a lot of checkdowns to Christian McCaffrey. So I think right. all these plays. No, I get, I get the prop. Yeah. I'm talking more so about the Niners winning a, the game. 
It's, well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, we haven't <laughs> seen him in that situation yet. And I, I do think he's very good. I don't really see much of a drop-off, honestly, right. between Jimmy G and him. So this is not me saying, oh, Brock Purdy stinks. He's going to come down to earth. That's not it at all. Although this oblique injury, we don't really know what's up with it. But uh, again, on a short week, when you have a guy that's injured like this, um, it could flare up in the game. Oblique injuries, I know, like they could flare up. So we could see Josh Johnson, the journeyman Josh Johnson, uh, take some snaps tonight. And that would be a disaster. That that would be one of the reasons why I do like Seattle is if Purdy gets knocked out of the game for some reason that he can't get through it. And for Nick's sake, if uh, well, this wouldn't help the receiving edge. But if Josh <laughs> Johnson can't play quarterback, maybe it's McCaffrey out of the Wildcat in some. In some <laughs> Ooh, there you go. So and the other thing to note, too. In one breath, you can say watching the the Niners the last couple of weeks with Purdy, they haven't changed the playbook, to your point. Mm-hmm. So Shanahan, clearly, there's no drop-off in calling plays, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's Purdy. However, as you mentioned, with no Debo, that does throw a wrinkle into things. All right, so you guys got props, and you're both kind of into a side here. Well, Kerner is, for sure, on Seattle. So, gentlemen. Good stuff. Let's shift gears to the luck rankings because we like to keep you here as we get ready for the weekend. Luck rankings can be found at Action Network. Kerner and Giffen, as I mentioned, are in the predictive analytics department, so they're all over this. 10-plus ranking differential, still well over 500 against the spread. 16-plus, that number is growing as far as wins against the spread. Now eight games over 500. Uh, Last week, uh, 10 plus was five and one to the number 16 plus was four and oh so that's kind of my point the the, the luck rankings are delivering against the spread here these this last week is a great example of that so kerner with all that being said we'll, we'll start with you then we'll go to nick what game this coming weekend saturday or sunday we've got saturday games jumps out to you where you want to capitalize on the luck rankings and take advantage of a number uh, so I'm going with the Colts plus four and a half against the Vikings here. Uh, the Colts rank 28th in our luck rankings and the Vikings rank second. Uh, so this is a massive 26 luck rank differential. Um, and the Vikings lucky season sort of came to a halt last week. Uh, I was all over the Lions, minus one and a half, minus two. Um, and the, yeah, exactly. So the Vikings, <laughs> you know, they were exposed as the fraudulent 10 and two, 10 and three team that they are last week. Um, they lost nine points to the Lions. So technically... They're still 9-0 and in one-possession games, and they are 10-3 and despite having a minus-one point differential. Uh, so that kind of goes to the, the heart of luck rankings. Um, and I'm still interested in fading them in spots. And the Colts, you know, they've been pretty unlucky this year. Like I said, they're the fourth unluckiest team. They have a turnover margin of minus 14, which ranks dead last. Now, you know, we can maybe expect them to have a below-average turnover margin for the rest of the season, but probably not dead last. Um, so they will probably get uh, a bit more lucky, I should say, in the, the turnover margin department. Um, and this is actually a spot where Matt Ryan might not look horrible. Uh, he has crumbled when facing pressure this year. Um, his QB rating ranks 33rd of 36 qualified QBs this year. Um, and then in a clean pocket, it actually jumps up to 12th out of 36. And the Vikings, you know, they haven't been able to generate much pressure at all this year. Their, their pressure rate ranks 25th on the season. And the last uh, four games, they've actually been the third lowest. Uh, so again, this this should be a game where Matt Ryan should operate from a cleaner pocket. So he might be a functional quarterback, which helps us out here. So um, I, I like getting the four and a half points uh, against the fraudulent Vikings here. LRD, luck ranking differential. I'm sure for both nice. of you, when you saw 
not only the Lions covering that short number, but the fact that they won by 11 to then put them at a minus point differential through 13 games. That is a luck ranking analyst's dream. Like, Mm -hmm. yep, that's fair. The way they've played this year, they have 10 wins, but their point differential is minus one. That's just kind of poetic justice, I feel like. (laughs) Nick, Nick, how about yourself? What game stands out to you when you look at your luck rankings from action? What side do you want to play? Yeah, real quick, I, I just I had to I couldn't stop laughing. You probably saw me when Sean said crumbled under pressure. I just thought it was funny because that's absolutely what Matt Ryan has done under pressure this year. Um, just like the terminology. So anyway, my luck ranking game. I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bears plus nine versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Chicago is 30th in our luck rankings, and Philadelphia, they hold the number one spot in our luck rankings. Pretty hard not to when you have a 12-1 record like they do and uh, a 5-0 record in one possession games. But, uh, you know, not only is this the largest difference of the week, but I like it for for some other reasons. Obviously, we have two run-heavy teams here so they can chew the clock. Now, the the Eagles do run a lot of plays per game because they run faster, but the Bears run very few plays per game, and and both teams are run-heavy. They both run at or above 50% rate here, so... Um, definitely like the fact that this could be, uh, you know, a closer game just because the clock is going to run and running is how you beat or at least cover versus Philadelphia. The only team to beat them this year, the Washington commanders ran a lot. Uh, and then the Indianapolis Colts the very next week covered because they kept the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands from crumbling there so much. So, um, you know, this, this Eagles defense is just a run funnel. They're second in DVOA versus the past 24th versus the rush and obviously the Bears are ninth in offensive rushing DVOA and first in the NFL in yards per carry a lot of that of course because of Justin Fields so uh very good spot here we mentioned the one possessions record for the Eagles they're 5 and 0 well the Bears are 1 and 6 in one possession games so there's probably a perception issue here where the Eagles look better because they're 12 and 1 and the Bears look worse because they're 3 and 10 but actually if a little bit of luck had bounced their way these two teams could be a little bit closer in terms of record now obviously the Eagles are still definitely much better our third order Pythagorean win percentage does have the Eagles at about an eight and a half point favorite at a neutral but you know we're getting the Bears at home here so I definitely like taking plus nine on Chicago in this one. And these are two of the best teams to the over, but only two of three teams in the league that are nine and four to the over. The other is Detroit. Man, and in Justin Fields, that the shoulder injury appears to be gone. He dealt with an illness this week, but he'll be. I think I think he'll be good to go. Matt Eberflus, their head coach, said he's day to day dealing with an illness, so he should be he should be good as far as that shoulder's concerned. But uh, it looks like Fields will play and be back off a of bye. Bears haven't been great off a of bye, like historically. However, uh, look, my only concern for that pick, Nick, is just I just feel like the Eagles are a freaking wagon, the way they've beat up on teams the last two weeks. They, they are handling their biz early in these games. Yeah, well, this could be, a you know, maybe a bit of a trap spot uh, if they're looking okay. ahead to that Cowboys matchup next week. But Fair you're enough. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. They have been. But that's also part of the potential bias that, that people are having is they've been – destroying people these last two weeks they're 10 or 12 and one or whatever but that's the the bias we want to get out of and just look at the underlying numbers and that's why using something like third order pythagorean win percentage while it isn't perfect it gets us a lot of the way there and i think it's a good spot to back the bears here 
70% of the money coming in on Chicago plus nine. And for Indy, they're getting some love as well in the action app. 80% of the money, more of the tickets, however, coming in on the Vikings. All right, gentlemen, great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. Great stuff as always. Kerner, no hat today. Sorry, I just, nothing, Damn it. nothing there. So <laughs> I, didn't, Hopefully. I didn't end up wearing my Seahawks hat. Or, um, I should have. So go Hawks. Nick Giffen, Sean Kerner, find their work at Action Network. They cover all things luck rankings, predictive analytics. Thanks so much, fellas. Yep. Thanks for having us. K-State cover today on the very last play. To the window we go. Cashing all the way. Ching, ching, ching. Christmas time is here. So let's not fucking fight. Nevada or Nevada. Who gives two sh? Am I right? Oh, jingle bells, dabble smells. Talk you had a hell of a day. The Trojan men went limp again. The playoff got away. Hey! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, even your loyal listeners are in the holiday spirit. That was just very well done, and I am quite inspired. With eight bowl games coming up between Friday and Saturday this coming weekend, we welcome in Colin Wilson and Brett McMurphy. They cover college football for Action Network. It's been a bit since we spoke to you both because there's been a lull in the sport outside of Army and Navy, but great to have you guys back here on Green Dot Daily A lot of news. Colin, you've done a great job updating that doc over at actionnetwork.com that has all of the transfer news, who's in, who's out, who's playing, who isn't, who's going to the draft, et cetera, et cetera, who's going to the transfer portal. So with all that news coming in between Friday's games and Saturday's games, what news jumps out to you the most that kind of makes you say, eh, I'd rather not play something, or maybe you are more inclined to play something? Yeah, and I have this in the article, and you should constantly check it because as these New Year's Six Bowls are coming to practices start, we're going to have more players opting out of the biggest games. But right now in that article, it talks about the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl and Washington State, where head coach Jake Dickert is missing everything. He's lost both of his coordinators, but on the field, he's lost his three top linebackers from a tackling perspective. And on the offensive side of the ball, they've lost their two top targets from wide receiver perspective, uh, Dazon Stribling and Donovan Ollie. And what that means is that Cam Ward, their quarterback, is not going to have any comfortable targets out there for him to throw when he scrambles and tries to get away from a Fresno State team that is heavy in havoc and will be in the backfield and pressuring him all day. So, A lot of missing pieces for Washington State from a coaching and player perspective. Brett, this kind of bums me out. I'll be in Vegas this weekend, and Florida is playing Oregon State at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas in the Vegas Bowl, and doesn't sound like the Gators are going to have all that much personnel from the (laughs) team that got them there this year. Yeah, unlike you, Florida did not want to be in Vegas. Uh, (laughs) They went 6-6. and They preferred to stay close to home, preferably the Gator Bowl. Uh, I was actually told before the matchup was officially announced last Sunday, um, they were told they were probably going to play Oregon State. They actually asked, is there any way we could play UCLA? They do not want to play the style that Jonathan Smith and Oregon State plays. So even without all that, 
Florida is without at least 21 players through the portal injuries in the NFL. Starting quarterback Anthony Richardson opted out. The backup quarterback dismissed from the program. Now the Gators will go with third-string quarterback Jack Miller, who, by the way, is coming off a thumb surgery, and we're not sure how healthy he's going to be. If he's ineffective, behind him is a walk-on. Also, the Gators are without their top offensive lineman and their top defensive player. There's a reason this line has skyrocketed up to 10 or 11. So I'm not sure who exactly Florida will have for this matchup. And then also you've got a early kick local time, 1130 a.m. kick. So this should be a uh, fascinating roll of the dice, if you will, out in Vegas. Can I, can I'll, I also I'll, say? I'll let me also say. That. Let me let me also say that Billy Napier like had a press conference yesterday or the day before and said all the players that'll be on the field in the Vegas Bowl probably won't be on this roster come next year. Like they'll be in the portal <laughs> after the game. That's a statement and a half. So a probably not worth my time going to this game because I am going <laughs> to Patriots Raiders on Sunday. And B, I could potentially get some eligibility back and maybe I'll serve as the backup as a walk-on. Yeah. yeah. Be a great story. Action Network host walks on at Florida in Vegas. I can just see the headlines. Anyway, moving on. Let's let's get Colin and Brett to give an under or an underdog each of them like for the coming weekend. We mentioned Florida. They're a big dog because of all the absences and all of the transfers. Um, and we've got eight games between Friday and Saturday. So plenty to choose from. We'll start with Brett. You have an underdog for us. Yeah, slide underdog here with Cincinnati. So try to follow along. The Cincinnati coach left for Wisconsin. The Louisville coach then left for Cincinnati. Um, So no head coaches that coach during the regular season will be involved in this game in any matter. Uh, Who will? Good guess. Look, Cincinnati will be without three coaches that go with Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. However, Kerry Combs, the interim coach, is remaining there. He will be retained by new Cincinnati coach Scott Satterfield. So Cincinnati's coaching staff is basically intact. At Louisville, you said you want to walk on and play in the Vegas Bowl. You should walk on and try to coach in this game because Louisville needs coaches. They only have three full-time coaches in the Fenway Bowl, plus player development coach. Well, he's not a coach. Director um, Branch was named the interim coach. He's never been a coach before. And – Malik Cunningham, Louisville star quarterback, he's not playing. Uh, I like Cincinnati in a war of attrition because they will actually have coaches that know what they're doing. And that may get underplayed in the in the bowl season. I don't know what Colin thinks about it. But I like Cincinnati here because they're basically going to have people that know what they're doing on the sideline. You have thoughts on that, Colin, before we get your pick? If Brett's playing Cincinnati, I'm playing Cincinnati. I'm tailing them all the way here. Okay. No, I, I do I do like the Bearcats. He, he's right from the coaching perspective, having more, but they are a more sound defense, and they didn't lose a lot of defensive players uh, for Cincinnati, so it's it's definitely the pick I'm on, too. More of the tickets coming in on the Bearcats. Louisville is getting 63% of the cash. That's according to the Action Network Pro section of the app. Colin Wilson, why don't you give us an under that you like? Yeah, I'm going to turn to BYU-SMU, and when you think of those two teams, you think high-flying offenses – and terrible defenses. Well, let's do a spot check on those high-flying offenses real quick. Kalani Sataki uh, cut, a, I think, a quick promo around a, a the corner uh, with somebody and said, it's not looking like Jaron Hall is going to play whatsoever, so BYU is going to be without their quarterback. They already didn't have their backup. 
Uh, and so they'll be way down in the depth chart trying to find somebody to throw the ball. And then you go to the other side of the ball, SMU is going to be missing Rasheed Rice, their wide receiver. And you say, well, it's just a wide receiver loss. Then you realize that he's like second in the nation in targets, like 156. Uh, he's an important piece to that offense, but it's not the only missing piece. That wide receiver Dylan Goffney's not going to play. They're missing an offensive lineman. They're missing a running back. And then you top onto that, Rhett Lashley, the head coach, coming out saying, it's just a great victory that we made it. Like, it's not going to dismiss our season if we lose this game. I've got to recruit Texas high school championships. I need to recruit the transfer portal. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like SMU has, is going to be prepared coming into this, and BYU doesn't have a quarterback. So I love the under in this game even more. I like the first half under. Excellent. All right, gentlemen, thanks so much. Brett McMurphy, Colin Wilson, I have decisions to make. Louisville is actually playing in my backyard. They're right here in, in Boston at Fenway Park. So I've, I could either stay home or, or go to Vegas and fight my way onto Florida's roster. So I will make those decisions off the air. Thanks so much for joining Green Dot Daily today. And you can find Brett McMurphy and Colin Wilson on BBOC, Big Bets on Campus. They're going live at 10.30 a.m. Eastern on Friday, ahead of the two bowl games on Friday. And then there are six on Saturday. They'll also look ahead to all the latest news in that lovely transfer portal and also folks and players that are heading to the NFL draft. Shifting gears to the NBA, two games we are looking at. Here is our market report. The Bucks visiting the Memphis Grizzlies. Milwaukee off a big win against the Golden State Warriors. Memphis getting a lot of love. They've always been a good home team. And they have been this season. 10-3-1 against the spread. Pelicans and Jazz. The Pels, one of the top teams in the West, a short favorite. They're getting some love. Utah, however, we know they've been a shocking, surprising story in this first part of the year. Joe Delera, you have thoughts. What do you got? Hey, everybody, it's Joe Delera, and I've got three of my best bets for today's Thursday NBA slate. The first pick we're going to be looking at is from the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Sure, you know, we could bet on Giannis. We could bet on Ja. We're going to be betting on Brooke Lopez. And the play that we like is Brooke Lopez to go over one and a half threes. He's hit this line in over 60% of his games this season. And part of why I like it is Brooke takes a lot of his threes from above the break. And that's a three-point shot that the Memphis Grizzlies are prone to, and they give up. Brooke is going to be able to really get out there, spread the floor, and try to force and draw Steven Adams out of the interior. And that should try to help open it up for the rest of his teammates. So he's hit this line, like I said, in over 60% of games this season. And he's hit this in three of his last five games against Steven Adams, including a 5-3 game within the past couple of years. So I like Brooke Lopez to go over one and a half threes tonight at about minus 120. The second two plays that I like are from the same game, and they're kind of intertwined. It's from the Pelicans versus the Jazz. This is a matchup or a rematch from the other day as well. And in that game, Zion scored 26 points, but really was limited due to foul trouble. So I like him to go over his 27 and a half point line. And what I think is interesting is that last game, this was set at 26 and a half. And we've seen this gone up one point despite him missing it last game. Part of why I like this is that the Jazz have a really, really, really soft interior. And when Zion was on the floor, he was absolutely dominant in that game. And I expect him to continue doing that. And I don't expect him to have that type of foul trouble in this game as well. 
and I like the first half over 112. Part of why I like this is these teams played at a blistering pace. It was 110. They had a pace of 110. That is so far above their season averages for both teams, and both these teams like to play fast in general. So I think that that's something they're going to continue to do. And with the Jazz, their shot selection, they like to take a lot of threes. And that's something that the Pelicans are going to allow. And with Zion likely not getting in foul trouble, I think that should definitely help the Pelicans offense in this game to kind of push the score and keep the scoring going, especially in the first half. So to recap, my three favorite plays are Brooke Lopez over one and a half threes, Zion Williamson over 27 and a half points, and the first half over between the Pelicans and the Jazz at 112, and I like that up to 113 and a half. Best of luck on your wagers today. Enjoy the rest of your Thursdays. And uh, back to you, Brendan. Let's do that hockey. Some good games in the NHL tonight, including Kings Bruins at 7 Eastern. The Bees getting lots of love. They are 15-0-1 at home this season. They have not had a regulation loss at TD Garden. Some other games that jump out to us. Golden, uh, The Golden Knights, almost a Golden State, wrong sport. The Golden Knights at Blackhawks. All the money and the bets, or pardon me, more of the bets coming in on Vegas. Money on Chicago. That should be a fun one. Let's hear from the line change pod with Michael Leboff and Nick Martin. They've got thoughts on the slate. I'm going to go first. It's another underdog. I, I like the St. Louis Blues. They're plus 155 in Edmonton. The Oilers minus 180, the over under six and a half. All is well in Edmonton, but this is the exact time you want to take them on when they're a big favorite, when they're playing a team that sure, like St. Louis has a ton of problems itself. If they get average goaltending, they should be able to at least score here. Uh, you'll score with the Oilers considering the the Blues forwards. Like they, they're still, they should still be scoring at, uh you know, a good clip, but they're a dangerous underdog. The Oilers are usually a paper tiger as a big favorite. So I'll be on St. Louis. That's my favorite bet. Plus 155. Yeah, I like it. I, uh, I'm very excited to watch that game. <laughs> I'll probably end up betting the over two chances there. My favorite bet of the night, I like the Blue Jackets lightning over. I think that we've been on this for a bit. And I think this is a great spot for to go back to the over. There's so many narratives of how this could get there. If Columbus came out hot, I could see them maybe getting a lead in this. That's something we would love to see as the as holders of those tickets. I think there's a lot of backdoor narratives with weird Columbus leads or Tampa Bay getting a good lead. Something there's just so many ways. Like I, I look at this and I think this is a game that is going to have a total of seven with how scoring is up moving forward. So I like it. I like back into Blue Jackets. We're going to take another loss on their overs in this spot. Okay, good stuff from the guys, Leboff and Martin. Alexander Ovechkin, the other night, made some history. Just the third player in NHL history to reach 800 goals. That is a lot of goals, man. That is really impressive stuff. He is plus 110 tonight to score a goal in his game this evening. So we'll see if he can deliver once again. Uh, Ovechkin taking on uh, Ovechkin in action tonight. Let's see. Who's Washington got tonight? Uh, I can't find them. Oh, there they are. Dallas. Pardon me. Dallas. Looking at the uh, the lines here. Okay. So Alexander Ovechkin making history. As a reminder, folks, you can follow all of our picks from the show in the Action app. Follow Green Dot Daily. We have an account that's dedicated to our program for picks that are today. Also, picks that are in the near future. 
So be sure to follow along. We log all the picks after every show. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. That'll do it for this Thursday edition. Thanks to all of our guests on today's show. Everyone behind the scenes, Brendan Glasheen, you all enjoy the Thursday night football, whatever you're going to watch tonight. Get some Green Dots. We will catch you all again same time tomorrow, noon Eastern for Green Dot Daily. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.